37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another rip-roaring episode of Pixelated Paranormal. This is episode 283. I, of course, am Sean. I just ran a mile and a half today earlier, and I've got good news. That gum you like is going to come back in style. And with me, as always, is Preston Buddy. How you doing? What's up, all you cool ghosts and goblins, you crocodiles and crocodingos, you... Skeletor, Skeletes, Witchers and Witches, and fuck, you name it, we're all about it. Hope you guys are doing good. <laughs> I'm I along like for the ride. I'm just cruising in the passenger seat. We're like in Missouri, so it's like, you know, open open canister for the, the uh, drinker side. And uh, I'm just enjoying <laughs> the show, man. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. You drinking anything special tonight? I'm being a basic bitch, and I got uh, smeared off ice bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Terrific. Uh, There's nothing wrong with being basic, man. Um, Fuck yeah, America. Red, white, blue, baby. I went the other direction, and I'm drinking a Lacto Cooler. It is a beer reminiscent of the old Ecto Coolers from uh, High C or whatever that was. That High C? Yeah, High C, right? Yeah, man. The one with Slimer on it? That's the one, dude. It is a beer form of that, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to actually have an insulin overdose fuck yeah it's gonna be a quick one tonight folks right yeah clock's ticking (laughs) well buddy i don't know if you caught that uh that reference from the intro there but have you ever watched twin peaks the tv show i've seen like the first four episodes so (sighs) what what so i I watched it when i was younger Mm -hmm. and then i got my son hooked on loot crate like the horror loot crate and they, they oh sent, yeah, yeah they sent that little fucker a twins peak shirt and his mom was mm. like isn't that the titty restaurant i'm like buddy yeah. when you go back home tell your mom to shut her fucking mouth because that is a very good horror show it's like mm-hmm. twilight zone meets the x files and i'm like yeah, fuck dude. it Let's get the you know uh, Hulu or whatever. Let's uh, find a or, uh, maybe it was Amazon. I don't remember where I found it, but we we like rewatched it. I rewatched it. He watched it for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. Fucking solid show. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. I'm still kind of floating on cloud nine because a few weekends ago at uh, Dallas Frightmare or, or sorry Texas Frightmare weekend, I got to meet Cheryl Lee, the one who plays Laura Palmer, and uh, got to talk to her for a while. But yeah, I mean, I was just thinking earlier. You really got to check that show out start to finish. It's just a fantastic yeah. fucking show. But Well, any hoozle, this is our prelude to Aleister Crowley, the episode where I wanted to kind of give just a background of, you know, who this guy was before all the tomfoolery, tomfuckery, demon summoning, and debauchery. But before we get started in that, you know how we like to get down and dirty on some news. So first off, here at Pixelated Paranormal, we have a couple things that we just absolutely love. Aliens. Mummies. Bigfoot. Strange cryptid encounters. Beer. Weird specimens and jars. And of course, stories about people getting weird stuff stuck in their butt. Yeah, man. But one recent case report 
even had me feeling a little bit uh, tingly down below, a little squeamish. A report was just published last week in the Dutch Journal of Medicine titled Step-by-Step Approach to Rectal Corpus Alienum. In other words, how to remove foreign bodies stuck in a patient's rectum. Now, the research paper begins. Ladies and gentlemen, patients who visit the emergency room because of foreign bodies in the rectum are certainly not exceptional. In recent years, the problem has even increased. On the basis of three different cases, we present a step-by-step approach for the removal of rectal corpus alienum. Well, one of those special cases is making headlines across the world. Patient C, as he's being called. A 29-year-old man who came to the emergency room around midnight because of an acute stomach pain. Together with his partner, he had anally inserted 15 hard-boiled and peeled eggs while under the influence of GHB into his own rectum. It's got to be some kind of record, I think. Jesus. And of course, GHB, we know as, um, you know, a date rape drug. So everybody stay away from that. But by the time the gentleman got to the hospital, he was suffering from an abnormally rapid heartbeat of 120 beats per minute and a rapid breathing rate of 28 breaths per minute. A physical exam revealed the abdominal guarding across his entire abdomen was swollen. Suspecting the abdominal sepsis was about to incur, the doctors gave him a CT scan and that's when they saw what he was hiding. Visible in the CT scan were a perforation of the sigmoid colon and a considerable amount of air and fluid trapped in the abdominal cavity. Therefore, we deemed it an emergency laparotomy was necessary. Now, the laparotomy is a surgical procedure in which a large incision is made across the abdominal wall, allowing access into the abdominal cavity. In a revelation that will shock approximately nobody, forcing 15 eggs up into your rectum is not a good idea. The doctors confirmed a large intestinal tear caused by the side dish suppositories, as well as extensive inflammation caused by feces leaking into his body. So that's a no-no zone, guys. You know, let's just do your research first and always get permission. The eggs were removed as well as they could from the abdominal cavity, and thoroughly rinsed. After the operation, the patient was monitored for a short period of time in the ICU, and then after a few days, he was able to leave the hospital in a clinically good condition. But even though this adventurous patient seems to have come out of it relatively unscathed, we're pretty sure medical professionals would still recommend, as would Pixelated Paranormal, not to do this particular activity ever again, or for the first time. So again, Preston, it begs the question, what's the weirdest thing you ever put in your butt? (laughs) Which I think is the question I asked last time we recorded when my parents tuned into the show. So, oh boy. (laughs) Well, up next, folks, dozens of body bags with human remains were discovered in western Mexico. Authorities had been looking for eight young people reported missing last week when they found the site on the outskirts of Guadalajara. Authorities in western Mexico have told families of eight different missing youths that among the human remains found in the dozens of bags in the gorge on the outskirts of Guadalajara were some that preliminary tests appeared to match characteristics of many of the eight missing young people. The Jalisco state prosecutors 
said that in a statement on Thursday, the recovery of the remains in the gorge continues, as does the identification process. The bags were found this week, which was last week, below a forest overlook. Firefighters and civil defense uh, workers worked with helicopters to rescue and recover remains from the gorge and plan to continue during the oncoming days. Now, authorities have been looking for eight young people who had all been reported missing during last week when they found the site, but it's still unknown if all of them are among the remains found. State prosecutor's office said that they investigated the site after receiving a report of a possible sighting of body parts. There are more than 110,000 missing people in Mexico and Jalisco, and Jalisco is a state with the highest number at 15,000 people alone, according to government data. There's also thousands of unidentified remains in morgues and cemeteries across the country. Holy fucking shit, man. Yeah. You know, back to your first story about sticking things up the pooper. (laughs) Lightening the mood, huh? Yeah. You know, if you go back, think about the age and medicine that we live in, right? Mm -hmm. If you go back to, like, the late 1800s, early 1900s, dude, that was their fucking cure-all for everything. Like, hysteria, suppository. A cough, Mm -hmm. suppository. Depressed? Well, I'm going to shove this metal thing up your ass and give you some <laughs> medication, buddy. It's like right. every every time you go to the doctor, they're like, hey, they're like, here's the cure-all, man. I'm just going to shove this like giant pill up your ass. You're going to feel better. Maybe you won't. I don't care. Get the fuck out of here. Only one way to find out. Stick it up your butt. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what can you do, man? Suppositories and cocaine. That was just the cure-all back then. You know, like uh, that uh, show on TLC, like My Strange Addiction, that couple that would wake up every morning and they'd go to the bathroom together and then they mm-hmm. would give themselves coffee suppositories and they would just sit mm-hmm. there for like 30 minutes draining coffee directly into their ass and then they mm-hmm. had to get like double toilet so they could all shit it out and like that's how they started their day. And uh, they end up having like some heart issues and like they go to the doctor and like they made, you know, do some like CT scans of their veins and they're like, you know, coffee's not meant to be directly absorbed into your asshole. Uh, so mm-hmm. like, you know, kudos to you for figuring out a way to like fucking get energy like what bam. But it's basically <laughs> disintegrating your like blood vessels and everything. And you guys are probably gonna die if you don't stop. And they're like, mm-hmm. Coffee of the ass is the way to go. And it's like, <laughs> come on guys. Like Right. Well, it's going to be the way to go, pun intended. Yeah. You know, why don't you just like a fucking heroin addict and go get like coffee and like a syringe and just insert it between your toes and like get it fucking going. Like for me, that, huh. that seems a safer way, you know. No, I think up the butt safer than shooting coffee into your veins. I will you check with so? my wife who's in nursing school. I yeah. bet she's going to say up the butt's <laughs> probably the better way to go. Again, folks, uh, disclaimer, don't do anything we're talking about on this episode. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, yeah, I we're do not, remember that episode. Uh, we're because we're scientists and we're definitely not doctors. Yeah. We're more speculators. <laughs> we're yeah, speculative yeah, exactly. scientists and doctors. <laughs> Right. We could tell you a thing or two about mummies and getting other things shoved up your butt, but uh, yeah. 
Definitely, we're not doctors or scientists. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do remember that episode because one of them preferred a light roast and the other uh, preferred more of a darker, more bold roast. But yeah, you lay there on your side and you're just reading a book for like the half hour. And then to me, the problem after that is you got to go out there and just shit all the coffee out of your bum. Yeah, man. Mm-mm. Yeah, no thanks, man. And like, you got to think about the dedication for them to figure out like, okay, like if it's too cold, it's not going to feel good. If it's too hot, mm. I just burned the inside of my asshole. Like, they really <laughs> oh, just no. had, to te- they had to test that out, and that's dedication. Yeah. yeah, man, definitely. There's a lot of science going on behind that, a lot of at-home science. <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on from butt-chugging your morning Joe, um, I suppose we got to talk about this 10-foot-tall alien business in Vegas. Um, have you watched the videos? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, this video has surfaced about a week ago or so that shows some pretty weird shit going on in Vegas, even weirder than usual. Apparently, a Las Vegas police officer's dash cam, first of all, picked up an unidentified flying object at around 11.50 p.m. back on April 30th. Uh, It's sweet and it's to the point. It shows basically a blue ball of light traveling across the sky, across the camera, at a pretty darn fast pace, just shooing. And then approximately 39 minutes after, 911 received a phone call from another unrelated civilian in Vegas saying that there were now two unknown entities in his backyard after he noticed an object fell from the sky landing right behind their house. Hey man, you might think I'm crazy, but uh, there's a there's like this guy in my backyard, and he's really tall, like I don't know, ten feet eleven. And he's just fucking eyeballing me, man. And I, this, <laughs> I don't know what he is. He could be an alien. He's fucking tall. So proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, on the phone, the guy says they are one hundred percent not human. Now, from the 911 call, the guy says that there's like an eight-foot-tall person beside it, being the craft, and another one inside, and it has big eyes, and it's just looking at us, and it's still there. Now, God bless her, the 911 dispatcher asked the usual questions to clarify that she understands him correctly. There's an eight-foot-tall entity in your backyard, and it's not human. And the guy says, in my backyard, I swear to God, this is not a joke, this is actually... We're terrified. They're very large. They're like eight foot, nine foot, ten foot. They look like aliens to us. Big eyes. They have big eyes. Like, I can't explain it. And big mouth, and they're shiny eyes, and they're not human. They're 100% not human. Big fucking eyes, big fucking aliens, man. Hand in hand. And so the 911 dispatcher sends a couple of officers to respond to the call. And in the next part of the conjoined video, because, you know, when you watch this on the news uh, station, you get the video recording of the kid, and you also get then the officers responding. The conjoined video then shows the responding officers expressing their trepidations about actually going to this house where supposedly there's aliens, because coincidentally, one of the responding officers is the guy who caught the video on his dash cam of the UFO just streaking across the sky. And the video, which is posted from the responding officer, you can hear him saying, I'm so nervous right now, man. I mean, I don't know. I got butterflies, bro. I saw that shooting star, and now these people say there's aliens in their backyard. I I don't believe in it, but what I saw right now, I do believe it. 
Um, and the area of the alleged sighting was searched. After the police arrive, nothing can be found. There's no evidence of aliens. The craft is gone. And by golly, the part that chaps my butt the hardest is, where's the fucking video? Because again, you know, this old exhausted saying of we live in this digital world, everyone's got a cell phone, uh, most of us 4K cameras now, where's the still shots, where's the video? I don't know, man. What do you think? Where are you sitting on this? Man, I'm probably, I, I, I think I'm leaning more towards uh, it's real than it is fake. Yeah. So mm-hmm. here's the thing. We've been fucking, you know, gaslit for years on mm-hmm. disclosures coming. Man, I'm going to, you know, when I become president, I'm going to fold disclose everything about aliens. And I can, I can uh-huh. trust you, right? We heard it from Clinton. We heard it from Bush. We heard it from Obama. We heard it from, you know, Daddy Trump. What do we get? We didn't get dick right but if we go back and we look at history like 2016 um there was an orange baby that got elected president of our country (laughs) people freaked the fuck out okay so then what happens your boys at the pentagon were like hey by the way guess what we have we have alien technology that we're backwards engineering 5% 5% of all UFO sightings are actually real. And then, like, you know, COVID happens. Hey, by the way, we found an alien ATV. <laughs> Make Master Chief Halo. We backwards engineer it. So, let's be real, America. We're going to shit. It's not the best country in the world right now. It's hell in a handbasket. There's a lot of crap going on. What better time for this shit to happen because nobody's fucking paying attention to it, right? News outlets are covering it. The, the <laughs> right, police right. are like, I fucking saw a UFO. This kid's like, guys, there's a UFO. Like, nobody gives a fuck anymore. Like, we're so down in the dumps about everything that the government's probably going to come out and be like, dude, you know, Las Vegas. There was an eight-foot alien. I don't know. What do you want us mm-hmm. to do, right? Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I think more and more of this stuff, like you're going to see reported in the news, it's going to become more mainstream because honestly, nobody mm-hmm. gives a fuck anymore. Like 20 years right. ago, everyone had been like, oh my God, religion's going to die. What do I do? Everybody's freaking mm-hmm. out. I, I just thought I was the biggest thing in the universe. Now, people are more worried about, dude, the fucking economy's crashing. How the fuck am I going to pay my bills? Like, Get the fuck out of here with aliens. Who gives a rat's ass about these <laughs> bastards? Yeah, no shit. shit. Hey, are let's fucking... vote this green fucker in for president. Is he going to fix shit? Yeah. Like, nobody gives a fuck anymore. Nobody, all those trepidations and fears, they've gone out the fucking window. So you're yep. just going to see more of it in the news media. And yes, if if the government admitted that 5% of that shit's real, if a fucking police uh-huh. officer recorded a light in the sky and then some kid down the street who probably wasn't high. It's like, dude, there's an eight-foot-tall guy in my backyard. I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. (laughs) Right. I think you really nailed it, man. It's the perfect time to release it because, again, eight years ago, religion would have been fucking just, you know, turning over in its grave. But now it's just like, hey, man, there's an eight-foot-tall alien in my backyard. And then your neighbor's just like, is it going to pay my fucking mortgage? Because if not, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, perfect time for disclosure, man. I mean, the the government can kind of just sit back, put their hands behind their head, and just be like, "Fuck it, there you go." Yeah. Why were we worried this whole time? No one cares. <laughs> I mean, look look at the God, what was the 
the UFO guy. I can't think of his name. You know, if you said it, it, it would probably be like, that's the dude that I'm talking about. But he went before Congress. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, like Lyle Watson. Um, no. Oh, shit. What's the guy's name? Um, it's not Bigelow. I know the guy you're talking about. Um, it's not the force field guy, right? It's the other guy. No, 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 no. The force field guy, like, he's he's the government just owned him, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Sending boys back in time to Nazi <laughs> Germany. We had nothing to do with that. Um, right, 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 right. But, the, Bob, you know. It's not Bob Lazar. I know yes. what you're talking about. Yes. Oh, is I it? Think it's Bob, oh, okay, yes, sweet. It was, it's Bob Lazar, Preston. Yeah. Yeah. And so they actually had, like, a, a committee in Congress, and they, like, you know, they basically live streamed this shit so everybody could watch it. And he's going through, like, step by step, like, here is a report in 1980. This is what we found. And then, like, this is mm -hmm. where you guys actually covered it up. And then Congress is like, we did? And he's like, yes. And he had, like, all the facts. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit. Uh, well, hey, uh, we're going to start a new commission. And uh, you're apparently you're the guy that uh, we need to talk to to about this so uh mm. thank you for appearing before the congressional committee today and i'm like but fuck this never would have happened 20 years ago the government like uh you want to give a fuck about aliens we don't even give a fuck who who assassinated jfk like what the fuck do we care about having a congressional hearing about <laughs> aliens for come on now right well the rabbit hole just doesn't end there presto because the former intelligence officer turned whistleblower has recently claimed the u.s has a trove of parts and equipment from non-human origin ufos which have crashed landed on earth right right yes the whistleblower is new but the information's old yeah david charles grush said that the u.s and other nations are also in engaged in a top secret operation that attempts to reverse engineer the pieces of crashed ufos to create weapons but grush also claimed that the information has been illegally withheld from congress as the government tried to hide the findings which were involved in a 19 uh, in an 80 year old arms race to take advantage of the technology we're like encroaching on you know tony stark level shit here <laughs> but the existence of complex historical programs involving the coordinated retrieval and study of exotic materials dating back from the early 20th century should no longer remain a secret, according to Grush. I'm probably pronouncing his last name wrong, because why wouldn't I be? But Grush also served in Afghanistan and worked for the National Geo Geospatial Intelligence Agency, the NGA, and the National Reconnaissance Office, the NRO, and has handed over details of the alleged operations to Congress and the Intelligence Community Inspector General. He's also filed a complaint against the Department of Defense and claims that uh, he's been ostracized for his decision to blow the whistle. Also, the guy's 36 years old, so holy shit, man, the ball's on this guy, man. He's not just some, you know, crusty old-timer who's about to retire and has nothing to lose. Like, the guy's not even halfway there yet. Anyway, one alleged recovery recounted to him by a supposed crash retrieval program insider said it involved a 30-foot wide saucer that was partially embedded into the earth with some really bizarre fantastical properties and this fucking gives me goosebumps he said they tried to hook a bulldozer to it to pull it out of the rocks and instead it just pulled out what appeared to be a pie slice shaped chunk of the craft it was like part of the, the way it was constructed when it came loose by a couple feet they stopped immediately because they thought now we're going to destroy the integrity of this craft. 
Then they had a guy go inside the craft. Once he got in, he says it was as big as a football stadium. Freaking the fuck out at this point, right? Like it's 30 foot on the outside and you go inside and it's like, you know, Arrowhead Stadium. We're talking about a legitimate TARDIS here, which is just fucking scary to me. Like Doctor Who, fantastic. I love it. I need to finish it. I got a license plate on my car. But like when you talk about that shit in real life, it's just like, I don't know. It's hard to wrap your head around it. But they had a guy go inside of it. And once he got in, he says it's the size of a football field. He staggered back outside after being in there for just a few minutes. And once he was outside, it had actually been about four hours later. But to this guy, I mean, less than five minutes had passed. It was like some kind of weird time and space distortion once you go inside the craft. Once he got out, of course, he was very sick to his stomach, very confused, and it was almost like he had some kind of, you know, drug poisoning or like really bad nausea. Physicists have theorized that propulsion of advanced craft could theoretically involve warping space-time around it to negate the effects, the effects of gravity. Further details were declined to be given away. He also said that every five years or so, they get one or two of these crafts that have been recovered from either a wreck or something we just happened to have caught. That's also startling and pressing. That kind of goes back to your 5% rule of, you know, 5% of every one of these sightings is actually legitimate and it's actually uh -huh. shit not from this earth. So you, but I think what's, you caught them. Uh, uh -huh. Where are these little fuckers at? Like, what'd you, right. what'd you do with the bodies? Now, uh -huh. like, I don't know. I mean, if Hollywood's taught us anything, artificial intelligence, everybody's like, yay. AI robots, fuck you. Go watch the Terminator series. How'd that turn out? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably how it's going to turn out for us. So fucking stop it. Uh, has anybody seen Independence Day? So, U.S. government, hello. You're sitting here like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we shot those motherfuckers down, and we captured that crash, and right. we're going to backwards engineer it. USA number one, baby. The fuck you do with the bodies? Okay? This advanced alien race, they're like, hey, where's Tom? Where's Jerry? Where's Steve? I don't know. They're fucking, you know, buried somewhere in this fucking dirt hole yeah. called Earth. Dude, you're going to bring down the wrath of God on us, USA government. Stop it. Quit shooting them down. Give peace a chance. I mean, again, if we've learned anything from movies pressed and the hippies are going to go and hold up their signs and then the Mars attacks Martians are just going to fucking obliterate them. So. Yeah, fuck those guys. You killed Steve. That's what they're thinking. <laughs> don't give a fuck about your piece. You yeah. killed our buddy Jerry. Boom, with the laser. Oh, Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. Man, speaking of Mars attacks, I just found the um, 1996 novelization, and I also just ordered an original movie theatrical poster, because God, I love me some Mars attacks. Anyway. Let's move on from aliens and let's get to the crux of this. I'm going to say that probably the news part lasted longer than what we're about to talk about. So we wanted to have a we wanted to have a prelude to our Alistair Crowley series and just give a quick look into Alistair's life before all the demon summoning and debauchery and other batshit bonkers crazy tomfuckery because this guy just lived life to the fullest like some kind of weird adventure movie anti-hero. And you so far cooked up like a three-parter, and it's just so action-packed, but we really don't have like an intro to who he was or what he did for the first, like, I don't know, 20 years of his life or whatever. So I thought it'd be nice to kind of shed a light on what all he did before he becomes this, you know, giant occult overlord. So here we go, folks, a crash course into who he was before who he became. 
Edward Alexander Crowley was born on the 12th of October, 1875. So number one, this guy was born a hell of a lot earlier than I thought. Number two, yeah. spoiler alert, this guy's also fucking bald. I thought he kind of looked like Charles Lee Ray from the Child's Play series, so I was really disappointed that he is just an egg-headed dork. I got. Uh, uh, I, I actually digress. found a audio recording from the early 20s of him trying to summon a demon, and I was blown <laughs> away by his voice, so... I don't know. Maybe episode one, episode two, I'm going to splice that in there on the live show so okay. you can be like, dude, this guy sounds like a fucking dork. But hey, <laughs> he, he, you know, he jerked off a demon and brought forth the messy Nessies. So, I mean. Yeah. 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 But what can you really want from a guy, you know? They can't all be, you know, leading oh, roles. Uh, uh, our buddy Lazarus said, hey, Sean, he wasn't always bald, okay? That's yeah, true. Man. A lot of his younger photos from like college, he did have, you know, a little bit of hair. But again, I picture just some like dark, brooding, you know, chisel chin, long haired, Fabio looking guy. And no, he just looks like a guy who played D&D his whole life. But anyway, he was born to a wealthy family in Royal Leamington Spa in Warwickshire. Now, his dad, Edward Crowley, was trained as an engineer, but due to his share of the lucrative family brewing business, Crowley's Alton Ales, this allowed him to retire well before his son was even born. And his mom, Emily Bertha Bishop, came from the Devonshire Somerset family and had a strained relationship with her son. She would go on to describe him as the beast oftentimes when talking about him, which, you know, of course, became a name that Crowley just reveled in. Now, his folks are pretty religious, and Crowley's dad ended up being this devout Christian who would go traveling as a preacher door to door and oftentimes enjoyed reading chapters from the Bible to his wife and to Alistair while they ate breakfast every single morning. But old Crowley rejected his parents' fundamental Christian Plymouth Brethren faith, and instead he turned his attentions to pursue an interest in Western esotericism. In March 1887, when Crowley was around 11 years old, his dad died of fucking tongue cancer, man. What a way to go. Crowley goes on to describe this as a turning point in his life, and he always maintained an admiration of his dad, describing him as his own personal hero and his best friend. Of course, you would say that about anybody who gave you, you know, one-third of their wealth, which Crowley inherited. So dude's got some money now, right? And as oftentimes these things do, when he got a little bit of money in his pocket, he began misbehaving at school and was harshly punished by Champney. Crowley's family removed him from the school, and he developed albinuria. He then attended Melvern College and Tonbridge School, both of which he despised and left after just a few short terms, because he's a bad baby. He became increasingly skeptical regarding Christianity, and he pointed out several inconsistencies in the Bible to many of his religious teachers, and that went about as good as you could expect, like a fucking lead balloon dipped in shit. And then, to go against the Christian morality of his upbringing and his schooling, Crowley started smoking cigarettes, masturbating, and having sex with prostitutes, which then would give him gonorrhea. So, again, guys, wrap it up. He then adopted the name Alistair over Edward, because Edward just sounds like a dork. And then, in October of 1895, Crowley began a three-year course at Trinity College in Cambridge. 
Crowley had his first significant mystical experience while on holiday then in Stockholm back in December of 1896, following his first same-sex experience with another man, which enabled him to recognize now he actually was bisexual, which again was very, 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 very taboo back in those days. Anyway, Cambridge. Crowley maintained a vigorous sex life with women, largely those female sex workers, a.k.a. prostitutes of the time, from which one also gave him syphilis. But eventually he took part in same-sex activities despite their illegality. So the guy was getting around, doing what he does, love is love, and he's just sowing some wild oats. But beyond all this, he was also an avid and badass mountain climber. He went mountaineering often and even had an expedition to Mexico with old Oscar Eckerstein. And then a lot of us like me say, who the fuck's Oscar Eckenstein? Yeah, who well, the fuck he's that? just a badass. What's that? I said, who the fuck that? He's just a badass English rock climber and mountaineer and a pioneer in the sports of bouldering. He invented the modern crampon for mountain climbing, and he also was an innovator in climbing techniques and mountaineering equipment and the leader of the first serious expedition to attempt to climb old K2, one of the most badass mountains of all mountains for all avid sportsmen and women. Then, furthering his studies of Western belief systems and religion, he would go on to move to India, where he started studying Hindu and Buddhism. Then we move on to, in 1904, he marries the love of his life, or rather at least the first of many, a Miss Rose Edith Kelly. And together, they honeymooned in Cairo, Egypt, where Crowley would then go on to claim that he'd been contacted by a supernatural entity who would change his life forever, but more on that next week. Then after an unsuccessful 1905 Ketchenjunga expedition, where a Swiss doctor and photographer, Jules Jacquard Guillemot, proposed his plans to Alistair, and Crowley agreed to join the expedition because by climbing as the leader, he'd have a pretty decent opportunity to break the altitude record. Because again, Crowley wasn't just a dark wizard, he was actually an action man. But things didn't really work out, and the record wouldn't actually be broken until 1955. But again, more on that story in upcoming episodes, because uh, it's fucking batshit bonkers as well. Anyway... After a visit to India and China, Crowley then returns to Britain, where he attracted attention as a prolific author of poetry and novels in occult literature. And in 1907, he and Gregory Cecil Jones co-founded the esoteric order, the AA, or A, little triangle, A, little triangle, which was a secret order dedicated to the advancement of humanity by perfection of individuals on every plane through a graded series of universal initiations, a.k.a. dipping our dicks into the dark magic. So anyway, Preston, if you have nothing else to add to that, that's just kind of a quick prelude to this guy. He was a poet, a writer, a mountaineer, an adventureman, uh, but he also liked to, you know, get it on a lot unprotected. He had a whole host of STDs and STIs and... Just a fucking wild man who uh, did a lot of bad things. <laughs> I'm, not th I'm not talking about the magic stuff. He right. did a lot of fucked up stuff. I mean, look, sometimes you got to get your dick wet. You want to make stuff happen. That is true, and that he did, man. And not just in the prostitutes, but um, and a lot of men and women and other things and demons and so on and so forth. So 
we have cooked up a three-part episode. I'm probably going to bleed into a four-part or not even counting this little, you know, prelude. This shouldn't even count, really. Um, lots of good stuff. We've got David Bowie. We've got um, getting possessed by demons in Egypt. We've got tons of influences all across the musical industries. Preston, what else, man? Give us just a quick little teaser, just a couple words. I mean, we're going to talk about... Uh... The Loch Ness Monster and how that came into being, maybe. Uh, you know, the time he fell off a mountain and survived, and he was now like, uh, like, oh, my God, the universe wants me to live. Um, <laughs> I mean, he brought, uh, you know, goat sex uh, into the forefront, you know, the god pan. So, yep. you know, Zozo, Led Zeppelin, you name it, we're going to hit it all, man. We're going to hit it all. <laughs> We're going to do a ton, man. Um, I don't know, dude. It's just, it's bonkers. Uh, we're going to enjoy it, and we're probably only going to skim the top. We're not really going to hit too much. There's going to be stuff we're going to leave out. There's, there's, you know, so here's the thing. There's there's so many people during that time frame that had interactions with Crowley, so they would write, mm -hmm. like, one whole fucking book on this guy, and then the other person would be like, fuck you, Jerry, I'm the Crowley expert. So they would fucking write a book. And then Crowley's like, you know, the fucking ADHD wizard of the occult world. So first he's going over here and doing this. And he's like, fuck it, I'm bored. Let's go ahead and go over here and do this. And then he's like, fuck it, I'm bored again. And so he was so all over the place that, like, you start doing this research and you're like, fuck, how do I break this down to make sense? So then I was like, you know what? We're just going to do it by topics, right? So you got mm -hmm. Godpan and the Red Woman. Those two kind of go hand in hand. And then mm -hmm. you got, you know, the messy Nessie and all the sh weird shit that he did in Egypt. And then, fuck it. I mean, Led Zeppelin, uh, Jimmy Page bought his mansion, and then they, mm -hmm. you know, released the greatest rock album of all time. And if you don't think so, go fuck yourself, because I love me Led Zeppelin. <laughs> uh, so wow. that's, how I that's how I structured it, you know? Okay, hell yeah, man, yeah. Um, I'm sewing in all sorts of other fun facts that you hadn't come across or just chose to leave out. We've also yeah. got a really bizarre expedition to Egypt where there was this whole other fucking thing going on with another magical sect uh, that thought they were immortal, and then this demon that possessed one guy then goes to visit Crowley. It's just really, really awesome, and uh, it would make a really cool TV series if you just kind of made this based loosely on the life of Aleister Crowley, but... Um, It'll be a lot of fun, man, most definitely. So, And then I'm going to make you read some of his awkward poetry. I like it. Nothing will yeah. ever be more awkward than gnome smuts. So, I mean, yeah, put it on me. Put it on me. Cool, man. Well, it's just shy of about 45 minutes, so I say we jump off here before we give away too much good stuff. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Really tune in next week. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to get that kick started. And uh, in the meantime, if you're on the old social medias, please give us a follow at PXL Paranormal on the old Instagram. On Facebook, we are The Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. If you're on iTunes or Apple Music, please rate and review us on uh, Amazon as well. And, and uh, Spotify, too. Yeah, any of those. Just, you know, shoot us some ratings. We'd love to hear about it. Preston, what do you got, buddy? Well, on the old YouTubers, we're up to 264 subscribers. So if you're nice. watching this and you like the content um, and you're not already a subscriber, there is that little green splurt down at the bottom of the screen that says like mm -hmm. and subscribe. It's, you know, it's a suggestion. I'm not telling you you have to, but we'd love it if you did. Like and subscribe and share with all your friends. And, uh, you know, 
speaking of tonight's episode, you're out on a Friday night, and you're like, I'm going to shove 36 hard-boiled eggs up my ass. Cool. We're not judging you. But what I will tell you <laughs> is if you're going to do that, you should probably look your best. You're going to be in a hospital. Some weird shit's going to happen. And uh, how do you look your best? Well, you got to put Big Dob's beer bomb in your beard. He's got scents like bay rum, fresh, citrus, mint, classic, sweet tobacco. I personally like his barrel-aged oil, which is what I got rocking in my beard right now. So I know I'm having a crazy Friday night. Some shit's going down. I'm going to look my best. I'm going to smell my best. And my beard's going to be the best it's ever been. So go <laughs> over to BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PX. Uh, Oh, shit. Fuck. I, I do this all the time. Because... <laughs> Isn't that funny how it kind of just goes yeah. like a fart in the wind? P-X-L-P-A-R-A. For 20% off your order. Thanks for the assist, buddy. <laughs> you got it, bud. It's people helping people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. And if you're in the Wichita area, please stop by see our dear friend Leslie and the rest of the gang at CD Trade Post Pawnee and Seneca. All right. That about does her, folks. In the meantime, you know, be good to each other, do some good shit, and cheers to the weird shit in the world. Those of us would love to talk about it. And stay spooky, and stay on the Paranormal Highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the Paranormal Highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.